Yes, sir. It's your boy Jelani Reed, and welcome into the latest edition of Read Between the Lines. That is at the RBTL Show on Instagram. Follow that for all updates on new episodes and my takes. Man, some good football this weekend. Look, I'm just gonna come to you right now and say this episode is more football focused. Why? Because right now I'm in football mode and I'm in football mode because, hello, it's the playoffs. I did happen to catch some basketball last night. The Warriors played the Lakers, Steph Curry, big three-pointer at the end and and, uh, the Warriors won that one. But um, also LeBron had a chance to win, missed it, but that was a good game. But yeah, right now I'm all about that football. We had a great weekend of divisional round games and now the conference championships are set for this upcoming weekend so on sunday championship sunday goes as follows we have the tampa bay buccaneers traveling to green bay to play the packers all right that's the first game that's at three and then later on at 6 45 we got the chiefs hosting the bills okay so it's gonna be a great weekend of football song of the day rapper weed by sir and Westside boogie great track um so sit back relax for 30 minutes plus and let's go so to start the show off let's look at what happened this past weekend in the divisional round of the playoffs and we start in kansas city okay the browns traveled to arrowhead and they almost got this the Browns almost won this game. Okay, it was 22-17 and we realized and learned that anything is possible. Chad Henney comes in after Mahomes gets hurt. Okay, Mahomes' concussion or neck injury, we're not too sure of it right now, but he got hurt in the fourth quarter. The Browns were like a touchdown away from taking the lead, but no, the Chiefs got it done. But let's look at the first half. Right before halftime, I think the Browns get hosed. Okay, as Higgins tries to reach for the end zone, first of all, let's get rid of the rule where when it goes out of bounds in the end zone, it's touchback and goes to the other team. Possession goes to the other team. I think that's ridiculous. I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. I don't think anyone really likes that rule. And on top of it, you got Sorensen, who's a good player. Okay, he improves every year, it seems. He goes in to tackle Higgins. With his helmet. It was helmet to helmet. It was pretty obvious. It was pretty obvious. But the problem is you can't review that. So, man, they missed the mark on that. And this was a potential game changer. Like, if you score there, if you're the Browns, you possibly win the game and go to the AFC Championship. And that would have been the first AFC Championship appearance since 1989. So, that was a huge huge miss by the referees and again i think everything should be reviewable everything but again you look at that and also the browns they did have some little mistakes here and there one that is very notable was um when they tried to challenge tyreek hill's uh grab on a first and 10 uh this was obviously after mahomes went out the game but it was very clear it was a catch and then they wasted timeout and then by that time this is the final drive so 
the Chiefs, all they need is really a, a few first downs and then they could run out the clock. So that was a little mistake. Can't make mistakes against Kansas City, obviously. Um, and Chad Henney came in, like I said, he came in, played reasonably well, except for that terrible interception that, yeah, I don't know what that was about. But other than that, he came in and he's, he's experienced, okay, 13 years in the league. He knows a thing or two about quarterbacking um, and backup quarterbacking, but the big the big one of this game is Mahomes. Like he gets hurt third and one, right? First of all, I don't know why Andy Reid, understanding that his quarterback suffered some foot issue um, earlier in the game, I don't know if it's toe or foot or something else, but Mahomes was limping a bit. And why are you still having him run? Right? I know you're aggressive. I know that you know, you're know you trying to get first downs. You're trying to get points and stuff like that. But you got to put your quarterback in a position to be healthy. And there you see Mac Wilson just... It was a weird-looking, odd-looking tackle. Right? You got him high. And a lot of people were saying, was it a neck thing? Was he choked up? Was Mahomes choked up? Um, you know, would it be a concussion Somehow, you know, he hits the ground. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was very odd. And you see Mahomes get up very weirdly. Like he, um, it looked like he didn't even know what was going on. His teammates had to help him up and stuff. Goes in the tent. And then a few minutes later, he's running to the locker room. So that's probably a good sign. But yeah, right now, the status for Mahomes in the AFC Championship up in the air. But yeah, you know what? Uh, another fact for you is that the Chiefs are the first team to host three straight championship games in a while, okay? The last one to do that, I think, were the Eagles um, of the early 2000s who were coached by Andy Reid, I believe so. And now to the Baltimore-Buffalo game. So Buffalo, they win this one, 17-3, uh, and the defense came up big. They made it tough on Lamar Jackson for sure. But hey, the run game has been absent for Buffalo. I think they need to address that pretty soon. It can't just be Josh Allen on scrambles, right? And they're going to need that next week. But obviously, the Diggs and um, the Diggs and Allen connection is just amazing, uh, for sure. It's just it's just amazing. I, I love to see it, and I think they're going to show up big uh, and come up big next next week in Kansas City. And also, Diggs is the first. I didn't know this. He's the first receiver to go 17 games with six plus catches um, in a season. That's that's very nice. But yeah, Buffalo's offense, we, we know that they are capable of putting points on the board. They didn't have the best game. Um, and that's where you look at their defense and they came up massively. Like Leslie Frazier, you got to give him credit for having the right game plan. But when I'm looking at Baltimore, hello, are we going to help Lamar Jackson or not? Are we going to help him or not? I'm watching this game. He has no weapons. Just, just none. He has nothing to work with. And everyone wants to flame Lamar Jackson. Lamar can't get it done in the playoffs. Lamar this. Lamar that. He's not a worthy MVP. What? What do you expect me to do when I don't have weapons? What do you expect me to do? His center didn't show up terrible snaps all night long wide receivers couldn't get separation 
what do you expect me to do? I want to know. So that needs to be looked at in the offseason, getting a skill receiver, someone who can separate, someone with playmaking ability. Whether if it's a trade or not, you've got to get something for this guy because Lamar was just out there running for his life, trying to look for somebody open, couldn't get anyone. And that's what hurt them the most. But also, you look at the mistakes. You can't look past it. Lamar, that throw in the red zone, you have an opportunity to get yourself on the board. Pick six. You can't have that. It was a bad decision, poor decision. And Lamar, obviously that hurts because they did have a chance to score. Like I said, make things a bit more interesting. But then that that just really, that was the backbreaker. Because prior to that, you have two missed field goals by Justin Tucker? I was shocked because that was rare. That was very rare, okay? We don't see that. We never see that. So you're looking at all these things and all these mistakes, miscues all night long. It just didn't look like the Ravens had um, a win, you know, that night. It just didn't look like a win. They just need more when it comes to the offense, like, that's what's really sticking out to me. Because the defense played well now. The Baltimore Ravens defense did show up. And they gave them an opportunity. You go to Buffalo and only allow 17 points on this high-powered offense. Okay, Buffalo's offense has been going crazy. They have weapons all over the place. And yet, 17 points, that gives you a shot. You kept them under 20. But, again, just can't get points on the board. And you're not going to win that way. Now, New Orleans, Tampa Bay... Ah, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, these are both my favorite quarterbacks of all time. And it was tough because I wanted both to, both to win, right? But only one could win. Drew was just not throwing the ball well. He had, what, no throws over 20 yards? Like, I think that it, it, it's time. It's time. I hate to say it, it's time, Drew, to retire. He can't throw it like he used to throw it. It's just that simple. He has a good team around him, but... I feel might not be a popular opinion, but he might be the one holding them back right now. And it's getting more and more evident every single playoff run. Um, We're looking at Mike Thomas. He had no catches. He had what, like four targets? No catches. The Bucks they came to play. They came to play. But also, um, it was just learned this, actually this morning, that um, he'll be having surgery on his ankle and deltoid so he was playing hurt for drew Brees. he wanted to win a ring with drew um obviously but yeah he he was a no show uh you look at the fact that harris deontay harris he was running the ball perfectly for his special teams and the first play of the game long return and then he scores on another punt return he, he scores but then it got called back because of a penalty that might have changed the game you never know Right, but then he gets hurt, he's out of the game. So all these things, they obviously missed Taysom Hill, they obviously missed Murray. So when you don't have that and you have issues passing the, the ball, you can't just be throwing the ball 10 yards or seven to 10 yards. You need big plays and they had none, they had none. But what was the backbreaker? Because look, the defense was solid all day the Saints, um, they couldn't really get to Tom that much. They couldn't really get to him. But they were they were up for the challenge. They were up for the challenge. 
Um, they made it tough on the big uh, on the deep ball. Sorry, they made it tough on Tom's deep ball. But at the end of the day, when field position is given up, and that's Drew Brees once again throwing the ball to the other team and turnovers. When you're giving Tom Brady beautiful field position, you're going to lose because he will capitalize. He will, and that's what Tampa Bay did. Right, that's what they did. Whenever they had good field position, touchdown. So that's that's really the story of this game. And Jared Cook, that fumble, like I said, it ended things. Because at that point, they had a chance to go score. Didn't happen. They lose the ball. Give it to Tom Brady. They get points. It just it just shifted um, you know, everyone's mindset. The momentum was was shifted, everything. So and, and the last thing about this game, I said, if Tampa Bay won the battle, you know, if their tackles won the battle against Hendrickson and Jordan, Cam Jordan, Tampa would win the game. And that's what we saw. We didn't see Cam Jordan or Hendrickson go crazy like they did the, the previous two matchups. And that's, that's uh, you know, right there, that's, that's credit to the offensive line of uh, Tampa Bay. For not giving up, not letting up, and protecting Tom enough where he could pick apart the defense and make some plays. And also, the running game for Tampa Bay was gorgeous. If you could do that with Fournette coming in, um, you know, moving the chains and getting yourselves in a nice groove, a nice pace, and then you bring in Ronald Jones coming from injury. Um, he was out for a bit, but he comes back running hard, running passionately. This is the formula to beat Green Bay. I'll get to that later. And then we saw Green Bay against LA. And the Packers offense, they went crazy. <laughs> and this was against the um sorry, this was against the best defense in the league. Pack offense went crazy. Aaron Rodgers, MVP. It's like Aaron was un- untouched, and that's a credit to the O-line. Aaron Donald's on that D-line. They have a nice front seven. They have a good um, back end led by Jalen Ramsey. But you know what? The Packers, they they exposed them. They did. Aaron Rodgers, again, he played well. He had 108.1 passer rating and things of that nature. But it's I think it's more the Rams because I knew... That Jared Goff would, would struggle. He didn't really have a bad game, per se, but he didn't do enough. I didn't think that the Rams had enough offensively to overpower and match what Green Bay was going to give to them. Because we we know Green Bay was going to put up some points on the board. We, we knew that. So you're looking at LA, Goff, his thumb was affected, and then you're going to play in the cold. Obviously, that's not a good recipe for success. The run game... Akers, he ran the ball pretty well, but again, when you're behind, you can't always run the ball, and you got to rely on Goff, and the passing game relies on play action. Play action wasn't there. It just wasn't there, and also Cooper Cup wasn't there. He wasn't playing, and that was massive because whenever Cup doesn't play, it's like things change, right? I think Cooper Cup is very underrated, by the way. But yeah, there wasn't really anything that the Rams gave Green Bay offensively that had Green Bay's defense concerned and that was the story of the game so now looking ahead looking ahead to 
the Buffalo Kansas City matchup. So now the AFC NFC Championship games, right? So they played this year. Casey won, right? Here you have good offenses battling each other, right? High flyers on both sides of the football. Looking at the Bills, their offense has been great, obviously, through Diggs and Allen, like I said before. I would like for them to actually run the ball a tiny bit more. Um, a shootout against Mahomes, I'm not going to favor you in that. But I'm going to say this. If they play, if the defense now, if the defense plays like they played last week, they have a good shot. They have a good shot. I think the Bills' defense, they they have what it takes to have a solid game against Mahomes and company. They have what it takes. It's just, can they do it? All right? Can they do it? And and a lot of people are overlooking Buffalo. I don't think you should do that. Because let's look at it here. Buffalo would have basically won, what, 12 straight games had it not been for Kyler Murray's Hail Mary, Hail Mary um, when they played each other. That Hail Murray, that stopped a win streak. But then they, they started a new one. So... You know what? The Bills have been really nice all year. These aren't the Bills that we've seen the past 20 years. They have a legit shot to win the whole thing. They have good coaching. They have a great roster. They could match up with Kansas City. This won't be a blowout. And as we've seen all year, KC doesn't blow people out. They don't. They play in games that end in either within a touchdown or three to four points. So you got to put that in perspective the bills are here to stay all right they're coming this is their coming out party this year these playoffs so don't be surprised if they win the game but the biggest question is patrick mahomes will he play will he not will he play or will he not and right now there's reports you know from everywhere saying probably probably not right now jay glazer he indicated that Mahomes' issues were more related to symptoms similar to getting choked out than a concussion. All right. So he still has to clear the concussion protocols and all that. He's still doing the steps. There's like five steps in the concussion protocol. Um, So we might know his status, obviously, later in the week. If he doesn't play, then you know what's going to happen. If he doesn't play, you know what's going to happen. The Bills are going to represent the AFC. If he plays, that is the game changer. He's a superstar. This is Patrick Mahomes we're talking about. This is a guy who came in the league first three years or first three full seasons of play. He's gone minimum to the AFC Championship. You know how hard it is to get there? This guy has an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP. He could have gone to two Super Bowls already had it not been for D Ford going offside. This is a superstar. And again, this season, Mahomes has been in MVP conversations. It's going to Rodgers, but he's been in that conversation this year. Either second place or third place. So you got to put it in perspective and you got to look at it and say, if Mahomes is playing, then you have to favor the Chiefs. If he's not playing, then it's, it's evident that you have to favor the Bills. Okay. But if he does play, like I said earlier, they have to relax on quarterback option. They have to relax on 
you know, having Mahomes in positions where he'll get hit or where he's going to have to do too much because you don't want him hurt. You don't want him hurt. But all I'm going to say is it's going to be a close game. I can't wait for it. I can't wait. And then Tampa Bay, Green Bay. All right. Goat battle. We have Aaron Rodgers. We have Tom Brady. A lot of people have Brady as the greatest of all time. A lot of people have Aaron Rodgers as the greatest of all time. A lot of people think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented at the position. A lot of people think Brady is the smartest at the position. This is a great battle. This will help Aaron's GOAT case if he beats Brady. This will help massively, immensely if he beats Brady because that would be a winning record against Brady in the playoffs. They never played in the playoffs, but this would be a winning record. And plus, he'd obviously have a shot at another ring. He'd finally get to the Super Bowl. He hasn't been to the Super Bowl. Very surprising. Hasn't been there in 10 years. Really? 10 years, man. Aaron Rodgers, we're talking about? Aaron Rodgers. You're looking at the Packers head office not giving him enough. You know, and his defense not coming up for... uh, Sorry, not playing up to their ability and losing games in the championship round. And that's what I'm looking at this week. Is Green Bay going to have a defense that will help Aaron Rodgers this weekend? Because we've seen it. Seattle. It wasn't it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. It was their defense. It was stopping Seattle. They couldn't do that. You have Atlanta game. The defense allowing so many points, over 30 points. You have against San Francisco last season. San Francisco, they ran all over Green Bay. So we need to see a Green Bay team that will actually show up this time. Defensively. Okay? But also Aaron Rodgers does have to show up. He hasn't had the best um, games when it comes to the championship. He's 1-3 in in championship games. And his passer rating isn't great too. I think he's like 58. Right? And even looking at the Chicago You know, in 2010, when they played the Bears in the championship game, he wasn't playing great that day either. So he he also has to have a good game. And he's at home for the first time. So possibly, you know, we'll have a performance, like an Aaron Rodgers performance, a performance of the ages. And that's what's needed when you're playing Tom Brady. Right? And let's look at it. The first time they played, 38-10. to We know this. Tampa Bay, they slapped them. They slapped them. But what Green Bay needs to do is do what they do best. Limit turnovers. You limit, you keep the ball, and you're good. You keep the ball, you're good. We saw what happened last week. The Saints couldn't keep the ball. It was over. Because you're giving Brady good field position. You can't be doing that. Because also in the first meeting, there were turnovers. You gave Brady great field position. It was over. So if Green Bay, who doesn't turn the ball over, they have the fewest turnovers this season. And that obviously helps in the playoffs too. They have the fewest turnovers. If you continue that streak, the chances are you you put yourself in a good position to win the game. Right? And Tampa Bay, like I said, they need to run the ball. They need to capitalize. If they do turn the ball over, they have to capitalize. They have to be smart. You're on the road. All this. I think that their defense, they they came to play 
against New Orleans. You have to really come to play against Aaron Rodgers. You need to pressure Aaron Rodgers. You need to get to him. Similarly to getting to Tom Brady, if you get to Aaron Rodgers, you put yourself in an amazing spot. That gives you a real chance to win the game. If you don't, that's when Aaron Rodgers sits back there and makes you look silly. So it's going to be intriguing. The the matchups, um, you know, of the quarterback, the matchups of, um, the you know, the coaches, the game plans. But I do think that it does come down to defense. It's the defense that makes the more mistakes will lose this game. I think both teams can put points up on the board. They both have weapons. Aaron Jones, I expect him to be running the ball. I expect Devontae Adams to get a lot of looks. And I also expect another guy on their in their passing game to show up big. You know, to come up big like Lazard or Tanyan or someone. All right. So it's going to be a great game, but we'll see what happens. So now looking at the four possible possible outcomes of the Super Bowl. I'm going to put one to four my ranking on the matchups I want to see. So number four, I'd say the Bills and the Bucks. It would be intriguing, you know, Tom Brady playing a team that he owns. And Bill's Mafia wants to beat Tom Brady. Um, I think it's the fourth best option out of the out of the four. Three, I think you look at the the Bills and Packers. I think again it would be interesting. These are two teams with great fan bases now. Great fan bases going at it, and it would be a game where we see a lot of passing. Allen versus Rodgers. Two gunslingers. It would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. That's for sure. Um, and their defenses too. They, you know the the Packers defense. They're playing well. They're playing. They're playing well. And you look at Tampa Bay. Sorry, excuse me. Not Tampa Bay. Buffalo. Buffalo's defense. They're playing well. Just coming off of that um, good outing against Baltimore. Then number two, I'm looking at the Chiefs, and I'm looking at the Buccaneers. Because you can put this at number one, but I think that this should be two. But look, you got Pat Mahomes, or Patrick Mahomes. He likes to be called Patrick. His Pat is his dad. But Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady, every time they play each other, it's a lot of fun. Um, they've been in a lot of thrilling games together. They've played each other three times. And obviously, they played in the AFC Championship 2018. It would be a lot of fun seeing... The GOAT against the eventual GOAT. A lot of people think Mahomes is going to challenge Brady for the GOAT status one day. That would be a lot of fun to see them on the biggest stage. Mahomes trying to get his second back-to-back, being the first team since Brady's Patriots of 03-04 to do it, versus Brady, who's trying to get a seventh. So it would be amazing. And then number one, I want to see Chiefs Packers. Why? Because I want to see Mahomes versus Rodgers. It's that simple. MVP battle battle of guys who are considered the most talented at the position a lot of people think that Mahomes is the new Rodgers it it would be epic so those are my desired Super Bowl matchups but it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend it's going to be a lot of fun
Okay, so now to the daily countdown. It's not going to be that long today because I just want to cover a few things, but I got to talk about this. James Harden is a Brooklyn net. James Harden is a Brooklyn net. Did we see this coming? Possibly, because the Nets and the Sixers were the teams that were, you know, ahead of everyone else when it came to Harden's desired destinations. So let me just give you, for those who might have forgotten, um, just giving you the trade here. So James Harden goes to Brooklyn. In the deal, the Rockets got four first-round picks and four pick swaps. They got Karooks, they got Exum, Dante Exum, and they got Karis LeVert. But LeVert was then moved to Indiana for Victor Oladipo. So Oladipo is a Rocket. And then the Cavaliers were in on this as well. Cavaliers get Jared Allen and Torian Prince, according to Woj. So this was a huge deal, the biggest trade um, this season by far already. And you look at the Nets now, man. You got three superstars. You got three scorers. You got three guys who could give you 27 to 30 a night. Is there is there anybody who's beating this team in the East? Anybody? The Bucks? No. I can't trust the Bucks. We just watched what happened last night. They played each other. Giannis, I love Giannis. But does he have what it takes to beat these guys with Middleton and Drew Holiday? Does do they have what it takes to beat the Nets? I don't know. I don't know. Philly, they're playing really well this year. They look right now to be the real contender, you know, the real team that could beat, possibly beat the Nets, but I don't see it. Miami, I don't see it. Um, Indiana, I don't see it. Who else am I missing? Give them to me. Boston. Boston is a good team. I think Boston is a good team. I think Jason Tatum is crazy good. I like Jalen Brown, but I don't think they're beating the Nets. I don't see Toronto. I don't see any of these teams right now. And I think that a lot of people want to witness what's going to happen. You know, the relationships. Because these are personalities. Extraordinaire. This would be... This is the biggest experiment of characters, of personalities that we've seen together since Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Since Real Housewives. Since Desperate Housewives. Okay? So it's going to be very interesting to see. Because what if there's one night where one of the guys doesn't get the last shot? What if there's one night where one of the guys has to settle for like 17 points while the other two go crazy? Right? What if there's one night where one guy's not getting the touches he, he wants or deserves? It's going to be interesting. But for now, they're playing great. Kyrie is set to return on Wednesday against the Cavaliers. So we'll see them, you know, together, the big three. But the big two already has been nice. Harden and KD looking like OKC remastered. All right. KD's been going off. Um, He's averaged 30 points. And Harden, since he got here, he's basically averaged a, a, a triple double. He almost had two straight. 
He had one, he had the triple double in his debut um, against Orlando. But yeah, you know, you're looking at Kevin Durant though. Guys, I said it. I, I thought that I told you. Do not be surprised if this man is the MVP this year. Don't be shocked. Because right now he's averaging 30, and that's on 19 shots a game. That's pretty good, to say the least. But Kevin Durant, he gets injured in the NBA Finals. He's been out for 18 months. And no, this is not a simple injury. This is an Achilles tear. Okay? This is absolutely no guarantee he's going to look like Kevin Durant anymore. And you could argue he looks better. Who can guard this man? I don't know who can guard this man. God? Kem Durant is an MVP candidate this year. And again, I'm going to say this to you again. If you missed the last episode, do not be surprised if he gets the award. Because also, a lot of times they look at the narrative. They look at the narrative. When it comes to, to these awards. And again, he's coming back from an injury. Again, he's in a big market. He's in the Big Apple. He's in Brooklyn. For those who don't know, Brooklyn is not far from Manhattan. It's literally a bridge away. I've been there. Okay? It's not far. So he's basically in New York. He's in the heart of the biggest city, the biggest media capital. He's right there. A lot of expectations... A lot of people thinking, oh, is this when the Knicks get overthrown by their little brother Nets? Also, by the way, we want to see him play LeBron in the finals. And by the way, we're going to see that because no one's beating these guys in the Eastern Conference. And I think the Lakers are going to the finals. So I cannot wait. Can't wait. It's not a question of if the Nets are winning the Eastern Conference. It's a question of if they're going to win the championship. It's that simple. And then Deshaun Watson. I got to go back to football. Got to go back to football. Deshaun Watson. Texans. Star quarterback. Past few years. He's played, what, four years, five years now? The Texans do not care about this man. They don't care about this man. The trades over the years, you move Dwayne Brown, but Brown also didn't like the culture there. You trade Jadavion Clowney. You trade DeAndre Hopkins. All these stars, you're moving. Didn't consult. Okay, didn't consult your star. You're not listening to him when it comes to Eric Bieniemy, and now you want to. Because look, Deshaun Watson, he wanted the Texans to really look into hiring Eric Bieniemy, right? And they didn't give him an interview. And then once the reports came out saying Deshaun's mad and stuff like that, Deshaun wants out. Da da da. Now. Only now the Texans want to interview the enemy. So if it's hi- if he's hired, then it looks like, you know what? They're doing it because Deshaun forced us. It's not like we wanted him. It's just, it's a mess. 
Casario, Nick Casario, who was in New England, he's their new GM. But this is not the guy that Deshaun was interested in. You look at the fact that he's been wanting more input. He hasn't gotten any opportunity to have his input be heard, be considered by the Texans. Their best player basically has no voice in this locker room, has no voice, I should say, in, in terms of going to the front office because they don't, they don't take his, his opinion. They don't take his thought. They don't take his um, suggestions into consideration. And that screams toxic. Get Deshaun out of there. I don't want him there anymore. I don't want him there anymore. He doesn't deserve this. Get J.J. Watt. You might as well um, get rid of J.J. Watt. If you're not going to show any gratitude, any, any appreciation for your guys, where are you going to get a talent like this? Houston, where are you going to get that talent? Deshaun Watson is one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league. Not young quarterbacks. One of the more talented quarterbacks in the league already. The guy's not in his prime yet, you know? So if I'm Miami, I might make that that call. Even though I think that they should still try with Tua, I would try to make a call. If I'm Carolina, I'm making that call. If I'm Chicago, who should have drafted the man, I'm making that call. If I'm San Francisco, I'm making that call. If I'm Pittsburgh, I am making that call. Same for New Orleans. Is there any team I'm missing right now? Look, I've heard Jacksonville. I don't know. I think I really do think that they want Trevor Lawrence. But hey, you can't go wrong with just Deshaun Watson. Can't go wrong. So if you're a QB needy team right now, you are looking at this situation and you are pouncing on it. Because you know what? It looks like the Texans don't know what they got in Deshaun Watson. It doesn't look like they know the blessing they have right now in having Deshaun Watson. You can't listen to the man for two seconds. He's just trying to give you some suggestions on who to hire, on you know voices that we need in this locker room, on what can change the culture here in Houston. Because Bill O'Brien left it for dead. So we need something. We need a new spark here. But no, you don't want to listen to me. Houston does not deserve this man. Houston, we have a problem. Both of your superstars want out. What is going on in Houston? Harden already left. Watson wants to leave. I know Watson, he was trying to hit up Harden about, yo, how did you get out of here? Because, again, Houston right now, they look like they are such a dysfunctional franchise. The stories, and they're saying the stories coming out of there are PG. All right? The way the stories are coming out and on TV and stuff, there's that's nowhere near what is actually happening. They're saying it's way worse. So, you know what, Houston... I'm done. I'm done. But I got to go to the alerts. So the baller alert and the disappointment alert of the day. Okay, so let's look first at the baller alert. All right. So again, this is someone that's done something well or played well or something huge that we've seen a performance. But I'm looking at the NFL. I'm looking at Sarah Thomas becoming the first woman to officiate in a Super Bowl. That is great. That will be Super Bowl 55, obviously from Tampa Bay. 
it's awesome it's it's what we need change um and obviously again little girls they will see they will see themselves on the field i could be a ref as well it's not just men who could do it i could do it too so that's that's a shout out there and looking at the disappointment alert again i'm looking at the nfl but i'm looking at the lack of minority hires and i've been such an advocate for having more um you know just more ethnic hires more more guys who are from racialized communities and we just we just don't see it we got robert sala robert sala from um san francisco he's going to the jets all right so sala becomes not only the jets head coach okay sala is now the first muslim head coach in the national football league so shout out to um robert sala and the new york jets franchise for that hire it's a great hire he brings a lot of energy he knows defense obviously you saw that defense last year that went to the super bowl with um with san francisco um so it's a good hire they need something new adam gase was just not it they they need a culture shock there right and that is what robert can do all right so salah goes to new york but now we only have four minority coaches um that i i think are in the league right now because you're looking at tomlin Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh, you're looking at Rivera in Washington, Sala in New York. I'm forgetting a next one. Brian Flores in Miami. If we're being real, I think those are the only minority coaches right now off the top of my head. So that isn't, it's not great. That's 28 teams that don't have a minority as their coach. Something's got to give. Something's got to change. It seems to me that the Rooney rule is fraudulent. It doesn't work. Because had it worked, we would have seen more. Okay, obviously it did do things for people of minority backgrounds, obviously. But it doesn't work to the level that it should. It doesn't work to the level that we need it to work at. It's just the business of connections. We understand. Urban Meyer hire. By the way, that was a good hire. Um, I think Cowboys he he should have been in Cowboys coach Urban Meyer he should have been Cowboys coach anyway but yeah you look at these other hires sometimes and you're just talking about them having connections all right the brotherhood the NFL brotherhood oh I know this guy let me give him a job it's stuff like that meanwhile there are guys who've worked and worked up the ranks for years who just don't get an opportunity to get just a look or get considered for even an interview. It's tough. It's tough out here. You're looking at um, only two, like I named. I only named two black head coaches. And I named one Muslim head coach, an Arab head coach. And I named one Latino head coach. We need more. Biennemi, Todd Bowles, Leftwich, Byron Leftwich in uh, Tampa Bay. You're looking at Leslie Frazier. You're looking at Raheem Morris, but Morris is going to be the DC in, I think, LA for the Rams. Jim Caldwell, even. He was better than uh, Patricia in Detroit. He can't get a job. So these are things I'm trying to talk to you about. We need to consider really looking at this Rooney rule, saying, does it work? Really looking at what the NFL is doing. Are they doing enough to give 
these men opportunities. There are college coaches who've worked up the ranks, who are now in the NFL, who've done this for years, started from high school, all right? They're worthy, they are worthy, and still, and I'm not just talking about black head coaches, I'm talking about Latino head coaches. Just like Salah, I'm talking, if there's an Arab head coach, all right, or a Muslim head coach that could give me some W's, let's get him on our team. All right, it's not just a black and white thing. It's everyone that comes from other minority groups. Asian American, where are they? South Asians, where are they? If they're around, if they've done enough, if they're in the league and been in the league for years and appear as though they know the game of football, you gotta give them a shot. You can't just give us the token interviews. Oh, yeah, by the way, the NFL, they gave us a rule where we have to um, you know, interview a head coach um, of a minority background. And given that, then we'll be fine. So just come for the interview, pretend that we want you, and just get out of here. It's not like that. You need to actually, you know, look in the mirror. Are you doing enough? These franchises need to look in the mirror saying, are we doing enough? And hey, on the other side, some of these guys might not be ready to head coach. That's fine. That's fine. Maybe they're only coordinators. That is fine. If they don't have what it takes to be a head coach, don't hire them. But again, I'm just saying, I think that the NFL needs to look into this because they preach. Now they do. And they weren't when Kaepernick was kneeling. But they preach about, you know, stopping racial injustice and having more opportunities for those in racialized communities and racialized groups, where is the pursuit from the NFL on this? Where is it? All right, so thank you so much for listening to the show. Again, be sure to follow at the RBTL show on Instagram and also Northside Talks for all of your sports updates and needs. But yes, guys, enjoy this week of sports. So much is on right now. Um, And I hope you guys are safe. Hope you guys are doing well. But again, thank you for listening. See you next time.